I'm going to wipe that smile off your face. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, USA Rugby women's head coach Rob Kane. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Balanced Palate, nutrition for peak performance. And the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby, and we have yet another big shot legend of the game on the horn with us, none other than Coach Rob Kane, the still relatively new head coach of the United States Women's National Team 15s program. Rob, can you hear us? Hey, Matt, good evening. What a a wonderful introduction, Much more than what I deserve, thank you. Oh, no, don't be shy around these parts, sir. It'll get you nowhere. <laughs> All right, so, Coach, for the folks at home that may not know you, you uh, you're a little bit nutty because you did leave Saracens, uh, the Saracens, the storied Saracens program. You were the Saracens women's head coach and director of rugby to come over here to the USNA to coach the United States women's national team. Are you a little nutty, Coach? Uh, I've been called crazy, but nothing nutty about that decision at all. All right. So, yeah. So, Coach, you know, you've basically been on the job less than a year. You got over here in July officially, and you've done about, you know, 13 things in 11 months. And I'm just wondering why you haven't done 14, Coach. Oh, yeah. It's the magic number, isn't it? 14 is the magic number. No, it's it's been a really, really busy 11 months. And, you know, we made some really great headway from talent ID days to regional training to playing test matches again to winning test matches, um, learning lots along along the way and and having some really important training events alongside Canada and and you know playing the Barbarians, which was a fantastic event in Glendale and doing the WPL tour, which we're gonna repeat again. So it's been a busy time. Yeah, and you did mention Canada and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that you have handled the your end of the ABCs of rugby always beat Canada. <laughs> Well, the players did a great job, didn't they? You know, um, uh, you know, we're, we're ranked fifth in the world. They're ranked third. Um, you know, and I think winning was fantastic for the players. You know, they they worked so hard, but the way they won the game, you know, the last thirty minutes and the way they the, the try to win the game, you know, really shows about um, the philosophy that we're trying to get the players to understand, and and they're enjoying playing. All right, and you know, we we'd have to tip our cap. Uh, I know this isn't the segment for it necessarily, but we have to tip our cap to the men's team for putting a good thrashing on Canada in Glendale at Rugby Town USA Infinity Park. Spectacular event. I was there, sold out. Just a great thing for rugby. And, you know, with the synergy of the men's and women's national teams in both sevens and fifteens working with each other, this has got to be a good thing for you guys as well. Oh, it's brilliant. You know, hats off to Gary and Greg and Sean and and the rest of the the boys out there, you know, it was a great game. I'm really excited for how their prep continue to go for the World Cup. And, you know, they're going to do great things. And it's fantastic for them to beat Canada. And for those folks that are wondering why they didn't see a Rob Kane out at that match is because you pretty much had your hands full. You just got back from England doing the under-20s after the Super Series ended. And now you're out in Greeley for this big all-star weekend, which we'll talk to and talk about in a second. But I just want you to know, that any overflowing frequent flyer miles that you don't need, you can throw them rugby wrap-ups way. <laughs> oh, you know, Matt, I'll bear that in mind. No, it was, it was great. We finished the Super Series. Um, I had a, a day review 
Then I flew out um, to Loughborough to be with the 20s, again shadowing um, the 20 staff and the players. And then that event finished and I've, I've come straight to Greeley um, to be part of this brilliant platform for the rest of the players that, that weren't involved in the Super Series in the 20s. Yeah, and for a guy that is English and spent some time at Saracens and in other places across the, the, the country, in Great Britain and in England, the weather that you have chosen to spend most of your time here in the United States, Chula Vista, so, you know, which is San Diego. Now you're in Colorado in the summer. It's pretty good, isn't it? It, it is very good, yeah. And uh, I definitely have, I've definitely learned to use sun cream, let's put it that way. I think <laughs> my first day at senior camp, I was a bit like a beetroot, and I, I learned a very heavy lesson after that day. Yeah, the old uh, I got to burn first. You'll see spots all over my head and face from stuff being cut out for from from the days in the sun. Yeah, I got to burn first. Yeah, but uh, uh, this big weekend coming up here, you've got if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, you've got the All Americans, you've got the WPL, the Women's Premier League East and West All Stars, two separate teams, as well as the D1 slash D2 All Star team. And in between the, the, the match days, when there's a break, the Glendale Merlins Division I team is going to be playing the All-Americans. It's got, it's got to be good stuff for you because of the scouting opportunities that you now have. Yeah, it's a wonderful event. Um, when we started planning this, um, when I first got in the country, myself and Emily started looking at how we could really increase inner competition, how we could create these platforms, help develop coaches. That's another avenue this week allows, and it allows for players to, to meet myself and and some of the other key staff like Kate Daly, who's here as well. And we can have one-on-ones with them. We can start talking about depth charts and just really support them. That's what this week's all about, giving them an opportunity and supporting where they want to go. Yeah, and you, you mentioned a couple of names there. How, how much of a help and how great is it that the organization finally has people like Emily Bidewell and Katie Dowdy in place to help you, help you out? Oh, it's essential. Um, you know, I think one of, the, one of the appealing things of maybe um, me being very lucky to get the job was that I was coming in without any preconceived ideas. Um, but alongside that, you know, having people to be able to, uh, you know, really uh, bounce ideas off and to get a good knowledge of the American landscape, uh, which which I think I have now, um, has been essential. And, and I can't thank I can't thank them enough. I can't thank the rest of the community enough for for just buying into what we're trying to do. And I want to point out that this event is not behind a paywall, if I'm not mistaken. It's free to watch on the Women's Eagles Facebook page. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it, it is free to watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing because it, it helps more. It gives access, obviously, to people, and especially uh, anybody across the globe can, can tune in. And that's a good thing. Uh, what's the biggest thing that has to happen for you guys to no longer be considered a tier two nation? Um, we just have to consistently beat, beat teams on the international um, circuit. You know, for a long time, um, the USA didn't really um, put themselves out in the market as per se. They weren't really in the shop window playing a lot of test matches. Uh, we've changed that uh, in, in a very short space of time. Three test matches in November plus an, an A game. Uh, we obviously had the Barbarians, which, you know, even though it wasn't a test match, you could argue um, it was. Uh, the, the two games against Canada, even though they were training games, you know, we treated them like test matches. And then we had the Super Series, which is, which was a wonderful event. Um, and then we're going to have a November Series, which is, again, going to get released shortly. And, and then we'll go straight into it for 2020. Yeah, you're getting players big game experience for the first time, which is invaluable. You can't teach that. And you've created all of these different matches slash events. 
which couldn't have been easy. No, it hasn't been easy. And, and without the buy-in from the community and, and the players, you know, it just wouldn't be happening. And, and we're lucky that um, they're doing that. And, you know, we're not getting everything 100% perfect. We're not saying that. Um, you know, we're missing out on players and we're, we're still learning. Everyone's learning. I'm learning. My staff are learning. The players are learning. But, uh, you know, every opportunity that we go out there, we see it as a dress rehearsal for the World Cup. And the nice things, the, the nice thing is, is that the players are beginning to really change some trends and tendencies. And, and that's what allowed them to have better performances against, you know, the top four teams in the Super Series. And they made some big changes. It, it doesn't happen overnight, unfortunately. Right. So you mentioned learning. What's the biggest thing that you learned coming over from Saracens that you didn't know that you'd face here in the United States? Um, well, that's a really good question, Matt. I think the, just the amount of rugby that isn't played. Um, there's a lot of rugby played in terms of 15s and 7s uh, when you look at the whole year. But actually, when you look at the amount of 15s games that are played, it is relatively low. Um, and again, we're working very hard to making sure that the players and the player pools and the, and the next generation of players are getting those real meaningful games with a big onus on inner competitions so they can then play for their country. And you mentioned playing games, and we've talked about the WPL. I'm a New York rugby club guy, and the New York rugby club women have always been you know, at the top uh, of the table in, in the women's game. But when you're watching the WPL championships – they have these women playing, these players playing in a one-weekend multiple-match tournament. Is there going to be a change to that? I think so. I think so. I think, I think there are, you know, I think, firstly, I think the Collegiate and the WPL um, and the D1 and D2 do a great job with the resources they have. You know, I've met some heavily invested people that are coaches or, you know, that, that are running clubs trying to really get the best for their players. But, you know, the same as I'm admitting that, you know, we're not doing things 100% right. Um, you know, we all know that in the game that there is some distance to travel to be perfect. But if we can make those small little steps, then we can get there together. And, and I think that's a big thing. You know, I, I'd like to think the community um, really understand how much we value them and, and how much we want to be a part of that. And hopefully that's reciprocated and, and we can help them grow. So in the future, that would be a really nice thing. You know, it's not a question of the passion of the folks that are working. And again, the limited resources are basically the answer. But now that there is all of these events, perhaps a guy like Mark Griffin has a little bit more power to get some sponsorship money, and maybe that can help spread out the championship series so it's not back-to-back -back games for a potential champion in that, in that setup. But it's, it's all a good problem to have right now, and it's because of the passion of those folks. Uh, when you watch Major League Rugby games... Does it ever pop into your head that, wow, we could, we could use that or maybe we, we could make these matches into a, more of an event rather than a single match and have women's games play before some of these Major League Rugby matches? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I come from uh, the UK, Saracens, where you would have uh, doubleheaders um, with the women playing um, either before or after the men's premiership games, depending on what club you're at. Um, you know, it works. But it takes time for that to really happen. Um, I think in terms of where we are, I would say that um, if resources were available, I would say first and foremost, it would be to the players to make sure they have the best of everything. And then after that, it would be looking at how we can repackage it up to make that you know, an even better product. 
Speaking of the product, what does 28 years mean to you? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're trying to change that number. Yeah, that's uh, that's the last time that a USA 15s women's team um, were successful were successful against either England or New Zealand. You know, we're, um, we're working very hard to change that. Um, and, you know, it's going to be, we believe it's going to be a when, not an if. Uh, but we do have some distance to travel, as the results have shown. But we're trying really hard to prepare the players so they can change that. Hey, you know, this is about historic times for USA Rugby, the men's and women's sevens program in those un- unfamiliar heights of being ranked number two, the men's 15s program knocking off Scotland and Samoa in the same year. And sure, now they're on the radar. But, you know, your success right now in beating Canada and being ranked where you are, do you feel that pressure and that expectation perhaps? Um, no, no pressure. I mean, you know, same in November. We, we had, I think we had 18, 19 debutants. Um, you know, we didn't get what we wanted out of New Zealand and England. But then the same group of players that were 19, 20, they got a great result in England against England A with many cap players. Then they go over to Ireland and they beat Ireland um, in Ireland. Again, I, I, I couldn't tell you when that last happened. Um, but no, no pressure. We're just, we're just working very hard to try and get to where we want to, you know, and we do want to be one of the best teams in the world. Um, we know we have some distance to travel. Um, I believe we do have the players to get there. It's just going to take time. And it's about giving them enough opportunities to be able to understand what international rugby looks like, um, what you have to do. And we're working very hard to do that. Okay, final questions, because I know that you got to go and you're taking time out of your schedule from your hotel room, actually, instead of getting some much-needed sleep. Uh, some players that we might not know about that we can watch. Um, so I think Katana Howard really showed the potential that she's got. Um, she's been on the radar. She had a great WPL season. Um, she's up at uh, Minnesota, which is you know a great place to play rugby. And she had a great game. Against Barbarians, she's worked very hard, did really well in Canada, and and she put that kick away for, for us to win the game against Canada. So that's definitely one name. Um, in the pipeline, someone um, who's with the 20s, um, who I think has a great deal of potential, uh, is Liz Wilson. Um, she's been on two 20s tours. Uh, she's a, a real seven um, who understands the importance of winning collisions and, and being a nuisance over the ball. So I'm excited to see. How she goes. Coach, tell us about the next Olympic hopeful show. Oh, what a great experience that was. Um, I was very privileged uh, to be there to, to represent USA Rugby as we had the Pan Am Games um, going on and the seven staff um, were very busy down there. Met some wonderful people. Um, saw some, uh, some fantastic athletic talent um, that I would never get exposed to. Um, competing to come to high performance camps, get contracts and uh, yeah, it blew me away. I've, I've done lots of talent ID days, uh, but I've never been involved in anything that um, took it to that, to that limit. So hats off to the organizers and the Olympic committee because it was an amazing experience. Is this going to air on NBC? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I believe in December, I believe. That's great. That's great. NBC really getting into the game and helping promote the game in, the, in America specifically. Final question. What's your expectation for Rugby World Cup next go-round? Are you guys going to be uh, happy with the top five? You know, we want to we go all the way. Um, whether that's achievable, you know, we won't know until we get closer. 
Um, we want to hit semi-finals. Um, you know, we want to go on a big run. I think this team can go on a big run. I've obviously coached many teams that have gone on big runs, and I know the qualities that you need to be able to do that. I believe we have that, and, and hopefully before the World Cup, we start making history, and, and the World Cup is another nice chapter to an ever-growing story that we're trying to create together. On that note, I want to thank Mr. Rob Kane, the head coach of Team USA, the United States National Women's Team in 15s, for coming in. Rob, thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. And on that note, on behalf of Coach Kane, I'm Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan, signing off.